This is an ABC podcast. Do you remember Michael Checker? Coached the Waratahs to a maiden Super Rugby title, led the Wallabies to a World Cup final. What do you reckon he's up to these days? Some are aware he's still coaching, but the fact he's coaching club rugby in Japan, international rugby for Argentina, and international rugby league for Lebanon means he's got a pretty full schedule. The Rugby League World Cup kicks off this week. Do you want to know why he's coaching Lebanon? It has a bit to do with the challenge and a lot to do with his multicultural upbringing. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Michael Checker is a former coach of the Wallabies and current coach of Japanese side NEC Green Rockets, Argentina's national side and the Lebanese Cedars. Michael, many know your rugby union pedigree, but what's motivating you to coach Lebanon at the Rugby League World Cup? Mate, first of all, I'm Lebanese so heritage, like I'm Australian Lebanese, born in Australia and of Lebanese heritage. Both my parents come from the north of Lebanon. I brought up rugby league, played in the junior leagues at Roosters, and pretty much just changed to rugby. I live, I've always lived just up the road from Coogee Oval, so I've played a bit at school, like we played a bit in the clubs after school, like then changed to rugby properly once I left school. You speak a lot when you coach teams about team identity. When you were growing up in Australia, what did it mean to be of a Lebanese identity? Well, it was it was different, mate. Times were different back then. Probably wasn't as PC as it is today, you know. <clears throat> there was a lot more out there that you sort of had to deal with around your heritage and all that type of stuff. I was lucky because my man, he was always very clear, you know. He was a Lebanese Australian and I was Australian Lebanese, so... You know, I was sort of reverse if you're from heritage. So I had, uh, I suppose, the best of both worlds, mate. And I think that that's something that gets lost in a few different scenarios. So I just figure that this sport has been able to build a really good connection for a lot of players, a lot of Lebanese heritage guys, back to the country. And if you, when we're inside of the team now, and you can really feel that, you can feel the connection that wasn't there before perhaps for some of these young guys, is now there through playing rugby league for Lebanon. So this squad's obviously going to feature a large chunk of men who are Australian and Lebanese, kind of similar to the upbringing that you had yourself. How important is something like this to the Lebanese community here in Australia to bring that sort of sense of pride? Oh, I think it's huge, you know. you only got to look back at 217 you know, and see the crowds that were there. You know, Timmy Manor was in talking with the lads today. We've had some former players coming in and speaking at the lunch times. He talked about the game in 27M, and it was like a home game for Lebanon, you know what I mean, the, the, the way the crowd was. Wabi Farah, long ball to Wabi, shapes the pass on the inside, doesn't give it. Now the Jabaz is down a chance, and Lawrence, and Mascari sets such a try for Lebanon, they are back. We obviously won't get that in the UK, it'll be... Even though there is a strong expat community of Lebanese in the UK, probably not as connected to rugby league as Australians are. We're trained out of Elmore at the moment, so you know some of the lads walk around and get a coffee in there in the local area with their kid on, and the people all around them asking them about you know what, what's happening when it's on. And mate, it also not just for the Australian, but also for those in Lebanon. There's a small competition there, four teams. They're trying to grow it up into six. The fact that you know, Lebanese people with a lot of the strife that's gone on in that country and is going on now, don't often get the chance to celebrate their national teams on the world stage. You know? And even if it's a sport that they're not super familiar with, once they know that, that you know, the Cedar is flying in a competition somewhere, they'll be able to wave the flag and maybe have 80 minutes of not worrying about some of those 
the travails that they have to deal with. Large parts of Beirut are in ruins tonight and the people of Lebanon are attempting to assess the catastrophic damage and the rising human toll from a blast that shook the capital. It's not an easy place to be living at the moment. I think it's a bit of a combination of both of those things that go together. But the Australian side of things would be very proud of, of the players from Australia that are representing Lebanon at this World Cup for sure. You've coached all around the world and I'm sure a big part of that is trying to understand really quickly the identity of these different teams, whether it's in Japan or Argentina, Ireland, France, Italy, of course Australia. What's unique about this Lebanese team's identity for you? You're almost split. Most of the players who are playing with, there's two players in the squad that are from the Lebanese-based competition. Uh, we're taking two or three others as well. So outside of that, players that are coming either playing in England or playing in Australia, they're almost living in a bit of a duality, right? So we're coming into the tournament. We're not 100% sure if Mitchell Moses will be playing with us because we're hoping you'll get picked for Australia. So there's a part of you that's living in that duality all the time of Australia, for us, for example, for Australia or Lebanon, you know what I mean? And, and how that sits. And you're able to represent almost both countries at the same time because of the way it's set up. And it's a very, very unique environment. One of the common stories you'll hear from the lads is how maybe when you're younger, like normal, you know, you're trying to assimilate as much as possible into your friend group or whatever, maybe not as proud of that Lebanese heritage as you are as you start to get older and you start to understand more, you start to learn about what your parents went through to give you, a, you know, a different opportunity in life by coming to a great place like Australia. So, and I think that is the real unique thing about this team, that you're playing for a country that you know you're connected to, but you may not have ever been there. You may not have spoken to some of your relatives ever that you have there. I just remember, I remember the first time I went there as an adult, almost when I touched down in the plane, I don't, look, I don't know if I'm thinking about it, I've watched too many movies or whatever, I don't know what's going on. You felt the connection. It's hard to explain. Maybe all the stories you hear over all those years growing up start to become reality when you see it live yourself. And I think this will be the start of the journey for many of those young men, not just about footy, but about the connection back to their heritage and how they're able to live like a dual citizen, an Aussie and a Lebanese at the same time. It's interesting to hear you talk about that connection with Lebanon. A foreign correspondent here described it to me as as much an idea as a place. Is that something that you're sort of referring to there? <laughs> no, mate, it's, it's not too bad. But for the diaspora, obviously that can be it because you only hear about the stories. And often you'll find that, let's say, my parents, they left Lebanon a certain way. They almost got it frozen into time, of course. Lebanon moves moves on as well with the times, just like any other country. So often you're still living in that so circle of uh, Lebanese from the 60s because they left in either the 60s or the 70s or the 50s, if you look at the case of my dad. it's not. I'm not going to say it's complicated. It's very different growing up as an immigrant kid, and especially in Australia, very different lifestyle to what you would have there. But when he talks about it being an idea, there's a conceptual image of Lebanon as what was the, you know, almost the Switzerland of the Middle East back in the day. Many people are still enchanted by that. And it's when you go to Lebanon, it has got a lot of those hallmarks, you know, you can be down on the beach and then an hour and a bit later, you can be up skiing. You can be in a, a posh resort style hotel and then you can be in the middle of, uh, of a battle zone. 
I've been there many times where we're cosy and snug as you like in village in the north and 20 minutes away in Tripoli, there's action. It's almost a contradiction in itself, the whole place. And it's it's almost sad sometimes to see how spoiled it's been by, you know, other people playing out their tribalism or feudalism inside what is a beautiful place. What do you think your father would say about you coaching Lebanon at the Rugby League World Cup? Oh, he'd be loving it. One of the things that a lot of Lebanese become, even though they may not have played rugby over there, rugby or rugby leagues, they become experts all of a sudden. The parents and that who have never played a game and all of a sudden they're experts. My man used to tell me how to do everything when I was playing, you know what I mean? So I'm sure if he was here now, he'd, he'd be telling me exactly what to do, how to coach, what I should be doing, but he'd be loving it. He'd be on the plane, he'd be coming over, growing up, took us to training and looked after us at all the games. Mum, I think she privately liked it, but she'd always, you know, worried about the contact. And inevitably, every time she turned up to a game, I got sent off. So we sort of banned her from turning up to any games. But there's that lovely mix of old-fashioned sort of values in in the back of what they do. I think he'd be very proud. Uh, I'm sure he's watching up there. He'll enjoy the tournament just as much as we do. In sport, I think a lot of the time the media think about what a team can't do. I mean, you just took the Argentinian rugby team and knocked over the All Blacks in New Zealand. The siren and Kuberi kicks it out. Argentina win for the first time in New Zealand. Wow, what a win. So if that's possible, what's possible with this Lebanese team at the Rugby League World Cup? Yeah, I definitely agree that you shouldn't be, you know, putting limits on yourself. You know, you can't also, you can't go out there and start sprouting either. If you go around the NRL clubs and the local grade clubs, etc., and you talk to the coaches, which I've done, there's a real reputation for the, the Lebanese players in those teams of hard work, good leadership inside the teams. When you bring all those guys together, yes, of course, there's a step up in grade for a lot of the fellas, but... You work hard, lots of things can happen. You saw their performance in the 17 World Cup. Mate, I think it's more about making sure you fulfil the things, how you want to be seen as a team. That's more important to us and where we end up. It's more about what young Lebanese kids see from us as a rep team. It's about how we, we show our families and what we're capable of and how hard we'll try to get it done. And then from there, you know, the results will always fall where they do. You spoke about the difference between... Lebanon and Australia. What about the difference between rugby league and rugby union when it comes to coaching? What's the biggest difference? Yeah, if we look at it just technically, first as the, the craft, rugby unions, the ball is contestable every time. The scrum is a contest, the line-out's a contest. The rucks, uh, so transition's a huge part of the game on every play. In league, you'll have contest on one-on-one strip, let's say, also on ball in the air, off kicks, but not as regularly. So you lose that part of it so the focus around training is not as much around set pieces and ball winning because you know you're going to get a certain amount of ball given to you it's around other things the similarities are definitely around obviously the contact side of the game ruck speed in in rugby ruck speed in league on both sides of the ball defensive and attacking are usually key elements in the performance of the side you know that you're playing for so there are still, you know, many technical similarities in the games and in conceptually and technically. And as far as getting players to play their best, that's the same. You know, those relationships that you build, the player relations and, and how you get players performing above their potential, how to lift their standards, how to stay at a certain level, consistency, all that stuff that you ask players to do, they're exactly the same things. 
coaching's coaching and, and you've got to be able to teach, communicate and encourage and, and make people believe that the sky's the limit when it all boils down to it. You've worked with the Roosters as a consultant. You've got this role now. You told us earlier in this interview that you love rugby league. Could you ever see yourself as a full-time head NRL coach? Mate, I don't know. Like, yeah, if someone said that to me, I probably would be a, an unbelievably awesome challenge to try and achieve success. It's not about whether you'd like the opportunity, well, could you do it or whatever. It's about being able to do it and be successful. A lot of the learning that I've tried to do has been to try and prepare for success in anything you do. Yeah, it's a hard question for me to answer, but yeah, I think it'd be it'd be hugely entertaining, I suppose, as far as what the challenge would present. I think it'd be great fun. It'd be a great test for me personally. In the short term, we're going to enjoy watching you and the Lebanon Cedars go around at the Rugby League World Cup. Michael Checker, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks very much, mate. We hope you enjoyed ABC Sport Daily. If you did, you can subscribe to our feed on the Listen app for more sports stories. A reminder, you'll still hear Sam Hawley and ABC News Daily on this feed with more cracking stories from Monday. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.